0: Greetings everyone and welcome to Under the Fig Tree. I'm Troy.
1: And I'm Bruce.
0: And we have a topic today uh, that Bruce has been wanting to talk about for quite some time called Blind Spots. Care to explain?
1: Well, Troy, I've, I notice things all the time within the body of Christ. It is part of the job description. Mm-hmm. I operate in, uh, in the kingdom as a prophet. Mm-hmm. And so part of the job description for a prophet is, is not just to say, thus saith the Lord. <laughs> you know, I right. use the, the old school King James English. It's really not just to say, thus saith the Lord. It it has a lot to do with observation. Mm-hmm. And what I've found over the years is that Holy Spirit continually points me to things. Yeah, He points things out to me. I should say it like that, right? And so it has a lot to do with paying attention to what he's pointing to or what he's pointing at. Yeah. Um, It has a lot to do with praying over those things Mm -hmm. and talking to God in your prayer time. I'm talking about prophets now Mm -hmm. over the things that he points out to you. And then sometimes it has to do with, and I know there may be a lot of people who disagree with me by saying this concerning prophets, but Sometimes it will have to do with actually saying, thus saith the Lord, or well, yeah. this is what the Lord says. Yeah. Now, I think in our modern, in modern Christendom, I think that the, the the first two, or I should say the latter outweigh the first two. And the definition of a prophet becomes one who simply tells me, you know, what God thinks about me and how wonderful I am and, you know, how, how he wants to bless me, so on and so forth. I, I don't say that that's wrong, Troy. I just say that I think that that's a really, really low, really low functionality, a really low-level functionality of the prophet's office. Agreed. So I said all that just to set up this thing that I'm calling blind spots, right? Because what I've been, what what I started seeing was these areas within the body of Christ that it just seemed like the average believer Either just doesn't have a clue about at all, or at best, don't have proper sight concerning some things. And I'll start out with this one. And, and you could call it, I call it blind spots. You could even say, not knowing the tactics of our enemy. Yeah. And how to respond to the tactics of our enemy. That's where I want to go with the conversation for a half a second, right? Yeah, let's get it. And so, like, I'll give you a, a scripture example: First uh, Peter five, verse eight, uh, eight and nine. Be well balanced and always alert, because your enemy, the devil. Just in case you didn't know who your enemy was, it's not it's not the the worker right? You know, yeah. your enemy, the devil, roams around. Incessantly like a roaring lion, not a roaring lion, but like one like one. Looking for its prey to devour. Right? Take a decisive stand, this is verse nine. Take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. For you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of troubles. You are, and that you're trying to endure. That's basically what 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, right? Mm -hmm. So when I think of blind spots, Troy, I think of areas where there are many believers who really just don't seem to have a clue because I see the enemy working against people, and I don't see them responding according to the word of God.
0: Yeah, I think um, you make a valid point. So looking at our enemy... Understanding his tactics, I think the first thing that we learn about him, uh, we learn in the book of Genesis, and the Bible says, "Down the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. So recognizing his tactic, his main tactic is being subtle. Yes. This is how he gets the entryway. Yes. Right? So what I like to teach people and what I like to tell people is, is your enemy does not care how he gets access to your life. He just wants access. That's right. Uh, so whether he has to fool you into it, whether he has to convince you to open the door, yeah, whether it does not matter. He doesn't care. So he's not just going to jump out of the bush and say, I'm the devil, come follow me. Yeah, exactly. That's not going to work. But what he's going to do is introduce thoughts yes. slowly. My dad taught me a really valuable lesson among many lessons. He said, son, when when the devil... Wants you to do something. He get, he puts a thought for you to do something. He really doesn't want you to do it right then. Right. He wants you to think about it. Yeah. He says, so if you did it right then, he gets a level of victory. Yes. Right. But if you think about it, now it starts to grow roots and yeah. it becomes habitual. Then it becomes your character. Yeah. Wow. And that's, that's what so he good. wants. You know. That's so good, man. So it it he it's a subtle thought sometimes that, that comes in. And if you don't cast that thought, out you don't cast that thought down like you're supposed to yeah you could fall prey to that thought because the subsequent thought is going to come after
1: that. yeah that's that's awesome that's awesome i have another scripture second corinthians 11 Mm -hmm. we'll start at verse 3 it says but now i'm afraid that just as eve was deceived by the serpent's clever lies right that's talking about the enemy your thoughts may be corrupted and you may lose your single-hearted devotion and pure love for Christ. That's basically what you just said.
0: Yeah. Character change.
1: Character changes. Yeah. And you, your, your affections toward God cool and you may not even realize that they're cooling off. That's rough. John Wesley said that. I kind of took that from John Wesley. I, I appropriated it. I did. John Wesley made a statement once. He said... He said, worldliness, in his opinion, is anything that cools your affections toward God. I thought that was good. That is good. Worldliness, I'll say it again, worldliness is anything that cools your affections toward God.
0: That is incredibly true. It is, isn't it? I had a really good conversation with a good friend of mine a couple nights ago, and he was asking me about artificial intelligence. Oh, yeah. That's a great conversation, I'm sure. Is that of the devil? Wow. Um, yeah,
1: I imagine that would be a great conversation.
0: And, and you know, once we got down into the conversation, I said, okay, at what point does artificial intelligence point you back to the Father? Wow. That's what you got to ask yourself. How does it point you back to the Father? And is that the goal of artificial intelligence, to point you back to the Father? If it's not, then I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you at that point. Yeah. If it cools your affections, like you said. Yes. Um, and I think... Uh, I'm not against technology. Obviously, we're on a podcast for crying yes. out loud. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: but no, I mean, but that really brings it home because yeah. what what is the purpose of the use of the technology? Yeah. You know, what what you know, so it really just comes back to what's in the hearts of men. Correct. You know, we have all this technology. How are we using it? Correct. If um and and I won't I won't call any any streaming you know so that we don't, we don't get in trouble <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know but but there are a lot of streaming companies right and there's some that's that that's well more popular than others sure you know sure. and but if you if you look at some of the content and just really take a minute and just pay attention it's not hard to see what their purpose oh sure might be
0: yeah yeah
1: there's all kinds of streamers out there Absolutely. It's not hard to see if you pay attention to the content. And so, yeah, no, I agree with you 100%, man. But once again, for me, that's a blind spot. Yeah. That's a blind spot that I think a lot of the body of Christ is living in right now. I said this to my wife a couple of days ago, Troy. I said, and, and I was just just, just talking, just, just talking out of my spirit, man, for what I believe I was picking up. And I said to her, I said, you know, Robin, I said, I just really feel like like the church, not every single person in the church, but the church as a whole doesn't seem to know who she is anymore. Mm. And it was heartbreaking. I felt a certain kind of way about it, even saying that to her. I said, but that is my perception right now in 2023 Mm -hmm. of the church, that she doesn't really know who she is right now. And it always brings me back. This is something that the Lord showed me a while back, that and it was interesting because it was heartbreaking because I if I heard correctly it was God telling me this is how He sees uh, His bride right now, and He took me back to when Eve spoke out of turn. He oh said, boy. "He said many times my bride speaks out of turn. Mm-hmm. She speaks things that I have not told her to speak. She'll speak without referencing me, without checking with me. Yeah, she loves my name." She loves what benefits come from being married to me. But when it comes down, you know, to true devotion to me, she's kind of all over the place. Yeah. And that a lot of that has to do with identity, that something has happened with a lot of believers identity. And to me, that is a huge blind spot because if you don't know who you are, then you automatically open yourself up for someone else to dictate to you or tell you who you are. And if it's not God telling you who you are, that's an extraordinarily dangerous place to be.
0: Yeah, the identity is a very good example of a blind spot. So let's, let's take it back to and let's look at what happens here, right? Okay. So you mentioned the woman in the garden. Yes. Her identity was given to her by the man. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, he said, I will call you woman because yes. you're flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. bone of my bone. Even after the fall, he still gave her a different identity. He said, I yes. will call you Eve yes, because you're the mother of all living. So yes. her identity came from the man, uh-huh. right? It got to a point, you get this serpent talking to her, and in, instead of her recognizing who she is and where her identity comes from, she allows the serpent to keep talking. But here's where where, where you roll it back to where the problem happens, right? huh For the one who gave the identity, he stopped talking. Yes. And where you stop talking, right, another voice will. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately for us, God doesn't stop talking. Right. Right? Uh, About the only thing he'll do is... If you haven't done what he told you to do before, yeah, you're like, I, I can't hear from God. Well, did you go and do the thing that right. he told you last? Right. There's no reason for him to tell you to do anything else right. because you didn't do the last thing. Sure. But where, where that voice stops talking, another voice will pick up. Yeah, sure. And if you're not securing your identity, yeah, um, like you just read, it was the woman that was deceived. Yeah. Uh, she fell for the lies. And uh, it's, it's really a, a, an issue of her identity being challenged. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I think looking at this as a, you know the blind spot, looking at identity, I've I've had an issue with that in the past. I'm full transparency. Well,
1: well, I don't know anybody who hasn't. Yeah, it's. I don't know any believer who hasn't. They may not be, they may not be as transparent as you're being right now. Yeah. but I don't know if any uh, I certainly have dealt with that and to some degree if I were to be extraordinarily transparent, I still do because because we're not we're not done yet still <laughs> you know what I'm saying we're, we're still walking this yeah. thing out with him yeah. right And so there's still more to understand about who we are to him and who he is to us. So it's still a process that that I very much am still in you know absolutely
0: I think that the key is, Is that the pieces that you do pick up and you come to know this is my identity. Yes. As you continue to learn, don't drop those pieces.
1: Don't drop those pieces. You just keep adding on to it. it. That's it. That's it right there. You you build. You know, the Bible talks about going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. Mm -hmm. You know, my wife and I have a have a little 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 funny thing. I always mess with her because she's not she's not a techie at all. (laughs) Right. So I get to poke fun at her a little bit and she's a good trooper about it, you know. But uh, you know, but she'll ask me about something that i've I've already showed her how to do a hundred and fifty thousand times, <laughs> you know, and it doesn't bother me no, anymore. call it job security, you know <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly, but uh, it used to bother me, and then I realized, well no, that's not what she does, that's what I do, yeah. And that's even in point. something as simple as this, this has to be one of the reasons God put us together because that's not something that she does. So why, you know, I had to, I'm just being honest. I had to come that's to that place point. of maturity and say, oh, wait a minute, that's not what she does. That's what I do. That's why I'm in her life, right? Yeah. But I still mess with her. And, oh, yeah. so, and so I'll say, you just start over every day, don't you? And she'll get tickled and just start <laughs> laughing and she'll poke, poke at me or something, right? But that idea of starting over, every day has to change. Yeah, We can't, we we have to learn. Uh, David said this, David said, and I'm paraphrasing, but there was a point in time where things weren't going right for David. And he said, you know what? I'm going to stop and I'm going to think, I'm going to look back at where God's brought me from. And I'm going to yeah. encourage myself in the Lord. Right. And I think that's extraordinarily important for the people of God today, that we're not always starting over with God as if he always has to prove himself initially all over again in our life. No, we have to learn how to mature and grow up and say, you know what? Even from the standpoint of dealing with the enemy, he doesn't have any new tricks. No. You know doesn't. what I'm saying? He, he has no new tricks. Now, I'm going to say this, and this may this may prove really controversial uh, concerning the enemy, Troy. Okay. I believe the Lord the Lord told me one day, he says, you know, the enemy doesn't have the power to make anyone do anything. That is true. He said his one power, if you want to call it that, is the ability to persuade. He said he persuades men. Yeah. And that's what we just read in second in Corinthians. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And we see the, the result of it. It shows us the result of it in Second Corinthians when we allow ourselves to be persuad you know, mm-hmm. persuaded a particular way to say something that's not in line with God's word or to do something that's not in line with his will for your that's life. exactly right? right. You know what I'm saying? And then you get the end result. But I really mm-hmm. believe that. I really believe that we we the Bible says who the Son sets free is free indeed. Mm-hmm. And so we have to make a choice to, and I know we're going to get to this later because uh, I want I want to hear what you have to say about. Um, I I've, I found some information concerning biblical illiteracy,
0: <laughs>
1: and I know you have something to say about that. Yeah, it, it's so interesting that we we can't just be on autopilot. I say this all the time. We <laughs> cannot live our our life as a believer in Jesus Christ on autopilot. One day we chose to believe one day we asked him to come into our life and we kind of have the mentality that that's all, that's all it takes. And now we're just going to hope, hope that God blesses us, hope that he gives us a house and two children and three and a half cars, you know, whatever, you know, no, it's, it's living this life in him. Sure. In him, we live and move and have our existence. That's right. Right some translations say being, it just simply means existence Mm -hmm. in him. We do this. Right. And so the idea that you have believers who, who, who stay out in my opinion on the fringes, they never come into the center. They live on the fringes, man. And then wonder why different things happen. And they don't seem to have, they don't seem to have what it takes to deal with certain things that come t- against them as an attack. Well, it's because you're on the fringes of your relationship with God, as opposed to being very deliberate about pressing into the center of mm-hmm. who he is, you yep. know what I'm saying? And so then there are things, cause I found out sometimes what seemed like the hard way, Troy, there were things that God is just not going to do well, because he's given me, he expects me to live in him, right? Mm-hmm. He expects me to move in him. He expects me to sound like him. Mm-hmm. He has an expectation for that, correct? And so I found out kind of, kind of the hard way a few times, right? That he really wanted me to lift up the staff he had already given me, pulling on Moses, right? Yeah, at the Red Sea. There you that go. he really he really wanted me to lift up the staff and make a declaration mm-hmm. and then see the miracle of God happen. But at, at the words that sounded like his words and then the thing happens. That's right. And so what happens is, and I'm going to use a word, I hope it's not offensive to anybody, but I think that there's a lot of laziness that's going on within the body of Christ now concerning their walk with God. Mm-hmm. And you can't be a lazy believer. You can't You have to be a deliberate believer.
0: You can't. Uh, I think that's a very valid point. One thing I have taught before, and I, I really do believe this, and I'm, I know it's a, it's a blanket statement, so I'm, I'm gonna say for the most part, because you mentioned there's certain things that God just won't do, and I'm gonna give you one of those things He won't. He, okay. he won't do for the okay. most part. He's not gonna do the thing He told you to do.
1: That's that's exactly right, man.
0: Everything that that He told Adam to do in the garden, He yes. could have done himself. So yes. why didn't He do it? Because he told Adam to do it. That's
1: exactly right.
0: Um, could God have taken care of the serpent himself? Sure, yes. he could have. But why didn't he? Because he told because Adam to do it. Because he told Adam He said, subdue. to have dominion and <laughs> subdue. <laughs> yeah, so that, the thing that God's not going to do for the most part, he's not going to do the thing he told you to do. Um, Th- that's
1: exactly right, man. And he would not expect us to do the thing that we can't do.
0: Correct. So here's a good picture of that. Okay? <laughs> here's a really good picture of that. Lazarus. Yes. The story of Lazarus. Yes. Jesus comes into town. As a matter of fact, the Bible says he he stood outside the town. Yes. Bethany, the house of misery, is yes. what Bethany means. Yes. So he stands outside the town. Show me where you laid him. Right? Yeah. He could have found that himself. Yep. Roll the stone away. Something else he could have done himself. Yep. Right? And after he gets Lazarus out, he said, loose him and let him go. Yes. That's something else he could have done himself. Yes. So why did he have these guys? Come in there and do all this stuff. He, because the thing that you can do, you will do. You you will do. He's you, he, gonna do the thing. He allows you
1: to do that and even has an expectation yep. for you to do those things.
0: And that's it. The one thing that you can't do is you're not gonna be able to wake up this dead man. I gotta do that. Yeah, I'm gonna do right? that. Right. So yeah. I'm gonna do that. Yeah. Because you can't do that. Right. At least right now you couldn't. At right. that time right. they couldn't do that. So I'm gonna take care of that. But the things that you guys can take care of, yes, I'm gonna have you take care of that. We're yeah. gonna work in this together. Yeah, that's so I, good. You man. do what's possible. I take care of the impossible. I take care of the impossible. And and this is kind of how we work with God.
1: I asked the Lord one day about something and I I got a very, I I, I got a very straight answer. I said, God, why, why, why do I have to do that? He said, because I want you to do it. (laughs) It was real simple. (laughs) Same thing you just said, you know, he said, because that's what I want. Yeah. And then, and then later it was later. And I was like, Oh, I, I, I have a real father. Yeah. I have a real heavenly father. Because then later he says to me, he says, you know, I love your participation.
0: That just makes you feel good. I was like, wow, man. That just makes you feel good. You know what I'm saying?
1: But in the moment he was being a father, he said, because that's what I want you to do. Yes. No explanation. Yeah. Full stop. It was within conversation later that he says, you know, I I love your participation. Yeah. That's why. That's the other reason why. This is, in other words, this is my show. I'm I'm either the dad or I'm not the dad. That's right. I'm either Lord or I'm not Lord. Why right. call me Lord, Lord, and you won't do anything I say? That's it. That that's that scripture, mm-hmm. right? And so it, it really be, it really comes down to that. I want to go on with. Uh, I got a couple more couple more on. verses in still in Second Corinthians. I stopped at verse three. I want to read verse four, okay, and five, maybe even six. Let's see. For uh, verse 4, this is Second Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse 4. For you seemed to gladly tolerate anyone who comes to you preaching a pseudo Jesus. That's really good. A pseudo Jesus. I think I'm reading out of the message of the passion. I forget right now. Not the Jesus we have preached. You have accepted a spirit and gospel that is false rather than the spirit and gospel you once embraced. How tolerant you have become of these imposters. Well, that's heavy, man. Uh, Verse five. Now I believe that I am not inferior in any way to these special super apostles you are attracted to. Verse six. For although I may not be polished or eloquent, a polished or eloquent speaker, I'm certainly not an amateur in revelation knowledge. Indeed, we have demonstrated this to you time and time again. So mm-hmm. he's, he's making this point to the Corinthians, right? Mm-hmm. Listen, man, you have to watch out for those that will come among you you have to watch out for how the enemy operates yeah. and what he tries to persuade you because it will cool off your affections toward God and put you in a real weird place. Right. Yeah. And, and, but it will also cause you to tolerate things that you ought not tolerate. You heard me, heard me talk about uh, false compassion a lot since we've known each other. Yeah. Right. That's a pet peeve of mine. And, and, and it is, I'll be real honest because I've, I functioned in it for a long time and I'm just angry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just mad at the time that, you know, I tolerated stuff yeah. that I should have dealt with.
0: Ah, man, listen, you got to say that part again. Uh, I'll
1: say it for those that are in the back. I'm just a, I'm a little salty, honestly, about the time that I tolerated stuff that I was sent to dealt with, yeah. to deal with, that I yeah. should have dealt with right that I should have spoken to and either brought an end to it or 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 not given it the time and the effort and even many times the money that should have gone to, you know that should have been put someplace else in the kingdom because I was under false compassion I I had a presumption That everything, so I, I, I'm a little salty about it, you know. Still, still till today, I'm a little salty because I'm like, ah, I could have had a V8. Those in America, (laughs) you know, that's at least forty would understand that. (laughs) Understand
0: it. Adam tolerated something. Oh boy, that he should have dealt with. Did he?
1: Did he? He Tolerated something he should have dealt with. Yes, sir, man.
0: So that when you said that, that's exactly what it reminded me of. He tolerated something he should have. He was standing right there. He was
1: standing right
0: there. He tolerated something he should have dealt with. You know,
1: and I think that's part of where the body is right now. The body doesn't know when to speak and when not to speak. Oh, man. She seems to have it backwards. She speaks when she's not supposed to, and she says nothing when she should. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's just my observation, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, And so all of those constitute for me, in my thinking, all of those constitute these blind spots that we honestly – cannot afford to continue in we cannot afford to continue operating or living with these blind spots because the enemy i read it earlier the enemy comes in like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour who is he looking for to devour those that don't know he's looking for an ignorant person if i can say it like that he's looking for somebody who's biblically ignorant He's looking for somebody who is not who who, who is not well versed in the word of God. He's looking for somebody who lives out on the fringes of yeah. their relationship with God yeah. that can be easily picked off. That's who he's looking for. Yeah. He's So so. if you juxtapose that, he's not looking for those that are deep, 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 deep in God, that are pressing into the center of God's heart, that are trying, you know what I'm saying? He's looking for those that are on the fringes, just like a sheep that goes goes astray, And a wolf can come. It's easier to pick them off, you know, if if they're by themselves. That's who he's looking for. Yeah. And so that's why it's important to me, Troy. That's why these blind spots and talking about it is important to me, man, because this is not how we're supposed to live.
0: By pointing out the blind spots, essentially what we're doing is helping the believer to become or remain safe. Yes. Show you where your safety is. Show you where your strength is. Uh, show you where your hiding place is. Yes, sir. Uh, So this is all we're doing. We point out these blind spots, which I think it's it's already is already beneficial. But what's your next one?
1: Well, uh, let's go to James chapter four. I'm going to start at verse seven. Let's get it. James chapter four, verse seven.
0: Oh, that sounds like one of my favorites. Is that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So so it reads like this. uh, So then surrender to God. Ooh, full stop, right? There's a period after that surrender to god period stand yeah. up for the uh, stand up to the devil and resist him and he will turn and run away from you oh my mm-hmm. that's real simple isn't it
0: you know what it's almost too simple
1: it's almost too simple Be- because Troy.
0: what what tends to happen yeah is i hear this quoted a lot resist the devil and he'll flee from you yes. resist the devil and he'll f- flee from you yeah and then people say well i'm resisting but he's not running well, because you forgot the first part.
1: It's the, the first part.
0: Therefore, submit yourself.
1: Therefore, submit yourself to God. God. Yeah. No, all day.
0: You got to take all of it.
1: You got to take all of it. You're, you're no match. You know, hey, listeners, listen. Just in case you didn't know, you're no match for the enemy on your own. Mm-hmm. He's had thousands and thousands of years to study human beings. Mm-hmm. And he tripped up the first one. The second one, I should say, Eve. <laughs> <You know what laughs> I'm saying? So he tripped up the second the second human being ever to be on the planet that we know of. He tripped her up. We don't know how long it took for him to trip her up. You know, it reads as if he showed up one day and it happened all in a couple of seconds. We don't know that for sure. We don't. You know, but we do know the end result, yeah. right? He's had thousands of years to study human beings. You're no match for the enemy by yourself. No. You have to deal with him in, right? In him, we live, we move, we have our being. In him. Yeah. Okay, Jesus, do you want me to say anything to him? Yeah, tell him this and such and so and so. And then all of a sudden he takes off. He runs from you. That's right. When I try to do it on my own, he laughs at me. We have a good example of that. We have the seven brothers of Sceiver who thought that, you know, it was as simple as just repeating the words. Correct. And found out the hard way that it wasn't just repeating some words. It did not turn out well. It did not turn out well for them at all. No. You know? And so uh, verse 8, I'm in James chapter 4, verse 8. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. Boy, that's simple. But make sure you cleanse your life, you sinners, and keep your heart pure and stop doubting. Verse 9, feel the pain of your sin. Be sorrowful and weep. Let your joking around be turned into mourning and your joy into deep humiliation. Be willing to be made low. This is so important to me, Troy. Be willing to be made low before the Lord and he will exalt you. I just really believe in that. I really mm-hmm. believe in learning how to live in the low, if I could say it like
0: that. It's a good way to say it.
1: I call it God's economy. In God's economy, God's economy is di- diametrically opposed to the world's way of
0: thinking. It is counterculture.
1: It is absolutely counterculture. Mm-hmm. To the degree that if you want to go high, you got to go low. Got to go low. That's, that's the standard that he set.
0: And if you want to truly live, you got to die.
1: And if you want, boy, I say that again, please. If you want to truly live, you got to die. If you want to truly live,
0: you can only live to the level that you're willing to die. That's God exactly right.
1: Well, that's all the time we have for now. We'll pick back up the next time we come together on the fig tree.